wanna see it again We are exploding, the world is gonna know it We're rocking like you're never gonna see us again Tuesday night, November 15th, 2011. We're closing in on a one-year anniversary, December 10th. We'll talk about that more as we get closer to the day. And I believe Isabella's one month old. So, Isabella, happy one month old. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is Joe Buccino, along with my tag team partner and co-host, Big Daddy David Gomez. Sir, how are you? I'm doing fabulous, sir, as always. <laughs> you doing fabulous? <laughs> yeah, of course I'm doing fabulous, sir. As always, I mean I as don't understand always. what's so hard to what's hard to understand about that. Well, the Giants lost. We got a sex scandal to talk about. I don't know how you're doing fabulous. Well, it's another edition of Pure Gold. So, sir, as far as I'm concerned, that's a reason to be excited, a reason to be pumped, reason to be jacked, and yes, reason to be fabulous. Yeah, tonight should be a very uh, let's say heated. Topic: We'll be talking about the Penn State controversy that's going on, but we have a guest. But before we get to all that, sir, give out the contact information. As always, folks, the call-in number for the greatest show on earth, 714-364-4721. Once again, that is 714-364-4721. Uh, although that's a California number, folks, we are we assure you we are located in New Jersey, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can check us out, as always, puregoldpg.com, where you can be linked to our individual Twitters. You can check out our Facebook. You can check it all out. You can see all the wonderful guests that we've had. Heck, at the top, there's even a past guest tab, so you can hear anything and everything where we, of course, tell it like it is. Sir, let's hope there's not enough time to talk about our football teams tonight because I am so disgusted. I might go on a 10-minute rant, and you might have to just hang up on me. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely planning on this, sir. I'm actually ready, willing, and able to hang up on you. But you know what, sir? We're going to have to hold off on any of that type of talk because we have our guests for this evening, and we're going to jump right into this. Folks, we're proud and privileged to be joined by the one and only Miss Arizona 2009, Alicia Blanco. Alicia, how are you doing this evening? Thank you for that fantastic intro. That's sweet of you. <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, it would have been more drawn out. Um, I mean, if you if you were ever able to hear any of our past shows, I like to call everyone the one and only, the one and only, the one and only, and you are definitely the one and only. So we appreciate you giving us some time. I know you're out there in California doing who knows what, probably, you know, dinner or whatever the case is. So we appreciate you taking a few minutes. Alicia, let's, let's jump right into this. Um, can you tell us, and of course the listening audience, what exactly it was that led you into the world of modeling? Well, a dare, to be quite honest with you. I was dared to do uh, Miss Arizona by my friends because I had never modeled and I've always been super tall and <laughs> I have really long legs and I've always been super insecure about them. But my friend actually in college dared me into the pageant. And the rest is history. I ended up winning and getting to go to Miss USA where I was second runner-up, which was absolutely amazing. Uh, I still get, you know emotional talking about it because it was such a highlight in my life and then wow. immediately after the pageant I signed with an agency in Arizona and I modeled there and then eventually you know I came to LA where I was recently signed with another agency so God is good oh wow yeah definitely <laughs> definitely I see you got a lot of agencies going on there you mentioned that you're extremely tall how tall are you well for Hispanic, I'll take. I'm five nine, and I'm the tallest person in my oh. family. Family full of little Mexicans, you know. So. <laughs> That's actually funny because I'm actually five nine also, but I'm Puerto Rican, so I'm like on the medium oh. to not so tall side. So I I, I can kind of <laughs> see that. But uh, but yeah, that's definitely uh, funny um, that you mentioned that. Uh, can you can you tell us a bit about your experience in the modeling industry? I mean, uh, you know, what exactly has it been like? You mentioned Miss Arizona. Well. You mentioned Miss Arizona. Uh, you mentioned the whole Miss USA thing, but overall, give us an idea. What has it been like to be a you know supermodel, as it were? Oh, you're sweet, supermodel. One day, I hope if, if my dreams are to come true. Why are you close to me? You know, it's been a blessing. It's definitely a a dark industry. I'll 
I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat anything. It's a dark industry and you know how skinny you're supposed to look and the standard and the image. I personally have curves. I love food and I will never starve myself simply to fit an image of how skinny, um, you know, the standard supermodel is expected to look. Um, I, like I said, all of this is still kind of new to me. I did Miss USA only two years ago in 2009 and, um, then I got into the modeling, so I'm still learning. It's an adventure. I learn more and more every day with each casting and each audition that I go to. Um, I just know that if I stay grounded and keep God first and foremost, then if I'm meant to get a gig, it'll be mine, and I don't need to change anything about myself. I mean, I definitely need to keep in shape. I mean, it's part of my job, and I haven't been doing my job lately. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change who I am to fit. Um, a certain image. I'm enjoying this, and the day that I stop enjoying this is the day that I stop doing it. You know what I'm saying? It's, right, you right. have to love what you do, and right now I'm really loving it. So to be continued, Definitely. I guess. <laughs> we'll see. Now, Alicia, Alicia, what type of duties do you have as Miss Arizona? Well, actually, I'm no longer Miss Arizona. You give your title, you only have one year, but your duties during your reign. I mean, wearing that crown and sash and representing your state. Obviously, for the first, you know, portion of your reign, it's preparing for Miss USA. It's making sure you look good for HD, you know, high-definition bikini show. You know, that's, like, the number one focus of any any pageant girl is, like, making sure she's going to look okay, decent, and hopefully win based on how she looks in her bikini. Um, Post-pageant, though, I mean, it's just being a a role model is, cheesy and cliche as that may sound, just to young women and being the voice of various causes and just, I don't know, it's fashion shows, glamour, glitz, dressing up, photo shoots. It's, it's a great it's a great experience. I can't believe that this weekend actually is, I'm going back to Arizona for Miss uh, Arizona USA 2012. So I'm feeling old, guys. Oh, wow. I'm feeling real old. <laughs> Such a <laughs> former. Been three years, it has right? been. <laughs> Such wow. a has been. So yeah, I'm excited. You have such a great attitude. I mean, this this should be an easy question. I mean, did it? Were you heartbroken when you were uh, when you finished second runner up to Miss USA? <laughs> no, I still can't believe that I made top fifteen, the top ten, the top five. I mean, I'm a girl who had no pageant experience. I didn't think I'd do so well, but I think I think that's why I did well because I wasn't like the toddlers and tiaras type of image. Like I have to win or I'm going to be depressed. I just went and had fun. And, I mean, I did amazing, and to this day, it's one of my greatest accomplishments. I'm still in shock. Three years later, and I'm still super shocked. <laughs> so everything happens for a reason. Um, I had fun, and that's I coach now. I coach girls for pageants, and I kind of tell them to just kind of have fun. It's not the end of the world. It's just a beauty pageant. And at the end of the day, different night, different judges. You never know what they're looking for, and you have to just, Trust in yourself and, and have fun. I think so many girls get so caught up in everything else and they forget why they're competing and they forget how proud their family is of them anyways and they lose sight of of what's more important. So. Yeah, yeah definitely. You mentioned family. Is your family, are they proud of you? I mean, other than the fact that you're oh the tallest one in your, your I, Mexican family. <laughs> you would think I am Miss Universe and my family. They They treat me like, I mean, they're my number one fans and, you know, in my culture, family's everything, and I'm so lucky that I, yeah. I had the loudest cheering section at Miss USA. I of was, course, I believe, course. one of maybe like two Latinas in the entire competition. Uh, so, and in, in, also in Latin America, you know how big pageants are. I mean, in Colombia and oh, Puerto Rico and Mexico, it's of course, huge. Of course. So I had the entire, you know, Mexican um, community reaching out, the entire Hispanic community reaching out to me, supporting me. Telemundo and Uvision, all of them reaching out and really supporting me. So I'm just, yeah, I have an amazing family, an amazing support system to this day. I'm very blessed. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. You know, it's great to hear. And, I mean, you think about how many times Hispanics have won Miss Universe, and it's, like, insane. Oh, because yeah. every year it's always, like, Venezuela or, you know, where my wife is from or Miss Puerto Rico or Miss this or Miss that. And, you know, it, it, it's a lot of times the Dominican Republic, Panama. I mean, it's literally, like, in the last what, 10 years, you've had about five Hispanics. Miss Mexico, you know, won in 2010. Yep. So I'm actually looking at, looking this up right now as, as we speak. But there's been a yeah, lot of them. So it's, her, it's really... it was Venezuela. And the year before, it was Venezuela también. So it's been it's been amazing. I'm so proud to be Latina in this industry yeah. even. It's, just, it's, it's definitely a plus. 
It's exciting. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely interesting. Now, could yeah. you tell us a bit, uh, you know, sw- switching uh, gears a little bit, I know you and I talked about this off the air, but can you tell the audience a little bit about the whole uh, pageant wave and what that's all about, you know, how that got started? Pageant wave is my little baby. <laughs> I started uh, alongside my partner. Um, she was Miss California USA 2008. She was coaching on her own, and then I was living in Arizona coaching on my own. So when I moved here, we kind of met up, and we decided, hey, let's just become a team, and we'll we'll benefit from that if your clients and my clients can work together. And then, I mean, it's just honestly been such a blessing. We have so many girls across the country who contact us on Facebook, and they just they're they're fans of actually of us, which is so humbling. And they want to work with us and take our advice. And I mean, it, we get paid to do what we love, which to me is a dream come true. Um, getting girls to believe in themselves and to, just like I was talking about earlier, not to get too caught up in everything, just to have fun. And it's been amazing to see the girls that we've worked with so far, um, you know, how much they've grown and how much more they believe in themselves today than they did six months ago before they were working with us. And it's it's just been a blessing. It's only, like I said, six months in the making. It's just the beginning stages, but I'm a proud business owner, and I love being an entrepreneur, and I hope that it can continue to grow. But right now it's my little baby, and I'm excited to see what's in store. Wow, that's really, you know, that's really interesting because, so um, you know, to be able to get... So if you need any help, you guys, call us. I'll get you ready for your <laughs> next pageant. Of course. Are you talking to us or are you talking to the fans? Yeah, yeah, I'm I... talking to you guys. <laughs> there okay. are pageants I... for men. There's pageants. Oh, really? Uh, what, like Mr. <laughs> Wallington, New Jersey, or, or Mr. You know, Beer Belly 2012? I mean, I don't know anything about those types of uh, pageants that you talk about. But, uh, you know, I mean, if, if you get into that, I'll make sure I have Joe give you a call. You know, his agent will call you uh, when everything is all settled yes. after the show to, to get involved in that. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's funny you mention all that because, uh, obviously, it's a plus that you're, you're – um, you know, doing these things and helping out other girls who are trying to overcome, uh, you know, whether it's self-esteem or whatever the case is. And you see a lot of women, such as yourself or Miss Universe or whatever the case is, and the way that society has made it, it's that, you know, this is what you have to look like to be beautiful. And I, most women, not for nothing, but most women don't look like that. You know, they don't look like you. Most women are, you know, don't have that image. So it's it's obviously harder for women than it is for men, but... <clears throat> As far as image and as far as uh, you know your beliefs and everything, you mentioned about being a uh, being a Christian and you 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 know you've mentioned how God is good and everything else. Let me ask you this: This is something that I always find fascinating, and I asked your your homegirl Morgan this a couple of weeks ago. Morgan yeah. Woolard, who was with us, mm-hmm. um, tell us a little bit about your faith and what type of criticism, if any, have you received for being a model and a Christian woman? You know, how does your family feel about that, or maybe fans and whatnot? Because you, you know people have their own opinions on. All that. So, can you can you share a little bit about that with us? Absolutely. Um, well, yes, God is good, and I feel like He provided this opportunity for me, um, you know, to begin modeling in the first place. So, um, as far as any criticism, I honestly have. I mean, I live for God. I am here to please Him and no one else. And the day that I feel that something's wrong, or if I'm at a photo shoot and I don't feel comfortable, I mean, God will come into my heart, and I'll know. Um, I haven't been ever been put in a situation where I feel uncomfortable or that I'm that I'm you know calling my you know my integrity or my my morals into question. I feel like I'm a good girl. I know I am. My family's proud. I'm proud. And really, it's it's kind of a, this industry, like I mentioned earlier. It is it is a very dark industry, and you just have to know when a situation isn't right. You need to know when to walk away. And I've fortunately I've been very blessed again to not be in any of those questionable situations um i would know right, right. i'm a good girl i would know and um as far as being a christian like i said earlier god provided this opportunity for me he confirmed that i made the right decision to move out here um it was a challenge to up and leave arizona with everything i had going on there but god paved the way and made this transition so incredibly easy for me and he put such amazing people in my life who confirm and solidify that I made the right decision as a Christian woman. So I have no regrets, and I'm going to continue going at this pace, knowing God's on my team, and we'll see what happens. I, I have no, uh, I don't have to answer to anyone but him at the end of the day. So. That's definitely definitely a good positive attitude to have. Snap, which is, snap. You seem to really have that, that. That's a major plus for someone in your in your industry. Thank you. Is, is there anything, Alicia, that, 
Oops, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, is there anything that you do not like as being a celebrity? You're sweet, first of all, to call me a celebrity because I am not. (laughs) Oh, you you definitely are. Look, look, something humble, okay? You're definitely a a celebrity. When you compare the two schmucks like us, you're, you know, people know who Miss Arizona is. They've heard of it, so you are a celebrity, you know, compared to the the two of us here. You're super sweet. God, that's so, that really touches my heart. And you're asking if there's anything I don't like about it? Uh, No, it's awesome. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I... how can I put this? I live for E and the People magazines and Keeping Up with Kardashians. I love all that stuff. I people may think it's super annoying, but I follow the Chris Humphreys Kim Kardashian. It is. All, I follow it. I just think it's so fascinating and interesting and reality reality TV and you know when you move out to LA and you jump into this industry, you have to kind of know what you're signing up for. Um, you're not going to be every um, critic's darling, and no one's gonna, not everyone is going to be you know a fan. There's going to be people who who want to hate on you and try to bring you down. So there's the dark side of being, I'll say, in the in the limelight. I won't say celebrity. So there's there's definitely pluses and minuses. For me, it's um being in this pageant world, you never will leave. People are always going to be watching you. They're always going to be saying, oh, you were second runner for Miss USA. Look at your body now. You're letting yourself go. Or, or, or the opposite. You never know. They're always, always, always going to be critiquing. So... There's that part of it, but other than that, it's definitely a blessing. I see it as a privilege, and I'm honored because I give God all the glory. Any good that comes my way, I give him the glory, and he continues to just shower me with his many blessings. So I see, uh, you know, people like Kim Kardashian, Justin Bieber, the real celebrities, they're the ones who I think have an even greater responsibility um, to God to, to give him the glory and get more people to follow him. So if I were to ever Wait. become on that level, I would definitely be. Uh, uh, all right. I'm yeah. sorry. I have to. I don't want to be rude. I have to. I have to jump in here. Kim Kardashian is not a real celebrity. <laughs> I, I know that she has her own TV show. I know she did this whole pseudo wedding thing. I'm sorry, but she is not a celebrity. And and I'm not going to say what she is famous for because I think it's it's bad. But her whole TV show, everything that she does. That is that's the problem with reality TV, and I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day. Now you watch it, you know that's that's between you and God, like you said. You got to answer to him for that. <laughs> but Justin Bieber, yeah, he's a celebrity. He's a musical talent, extremely gifted. Somebody who, you know, regardless of what you may think of him, the kid has super talent, and he's a celebrity. Oh, I love Kim Kardashian. Kardashian. I love baby. Kim Kardashian, not so much. Now I wanted to ask you, since you you brought that up, what did you think about the whole uh, wedding fiasco debacle thing? And I'm just curious as. As a, as a you know somebody who yeah I can't keep up I can't keep up with the Kardashians no I I didn't cry I'm fascinated though it's like it's so bad you can't look away type of thing um, <laughs> like a train wreck right 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 kind of you know and you know I know you say she's not a celebrity but okay maybe she's not but she's how do I she's in the limelight she's definitely people follow her people know who she is and that's what I meant by yes. that I meant that but you I know what you mean any, any talent. You're in that industry, and I mean, <laughs> at least you said it. You said it. No talent. I just had to. And I know people love her, but you know, I was reading online before before the show that there's a there's a petition that's being signed. I forget the I forget the group, but they're starting a petition to try to get her and her family kicked off of TV. And oh I just think gosh. it's so Good fascinating luck. that people get so worked up over that. You know, over the wedding, the 72 days. I mean, I tweeted about it. I'm not gonna lie, but it's more because it's uh it's current events so i i mean i'm I'm fascinated by the fact that people Isn't are fascinated it interesting with her that the wedding the the kim kardashian wedding is current events how interesting is that and you know it's i'm following it only because like i was engaged and i did get out of that engagement so i kind of empathize with the girl i can't imagine having gone forth with my wedding you were engaged to chris humphreys were you no it was not no, i just, I'm trying to make sure <laughs> I'm the reason they're getting a divorce. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I wasn't engaged to him, but I can empathize with, with Kim Kardashian and the whole, I mean, unless it's fake, I, who's to say? Only she and God know what's up in that situation, yeah. but I'm a huge fan of love. I don't even think I Chris knows. I love being in love. Well, I'm sorry? <laughs> I, said, I don't even think that Chris knows if it was fake or not, but <laughs> I I, I'm sorry. I just had to throw that out there. I had to. I can't control myself when it comes to this, oh, yeah. this whole mess. 
<laughs> Alicia, so, you know, we, we've been speaking to you for about a good, like, 20 minutes. I just want to say that after getting to know you a little bit, you will always be Miss Arizona, and you got a good good head on your shoulders, and I just want to wish you the best of luck in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm so honored. Very sweet of you guys. No, no, we definitely appreciate you coming on, Alicia. Hopefully we can have you on again in the future. And, uh, again, thanks for giving us some time. And, you know, go do whatever it is that you do, but hopefully not watch the Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Just wanted to throw I'll it out try there. To, I'll try to stop. It's a bit of an addiction, but I'll try to stop <laughs> for you guys. Now, but, now, before we let you go, how can the fans uh, either get a hold of you or, you know, I'll follow you, whatever's going on with you in terms of your yeah, career and everything? Yeah, follow, follow me on Twitter, and, of course, anyone can try adding me on Facebook. I do have two accounts, and there are a few fake ones out there. And, I yeah, thanks for asking, because if anyone tries adding me and if they get any negative messages, it's not me. I have people being ridiculous and making fake accounts. Not me. I'm nice. So, But you can follow me on Twitter. <laughs> follow okay, me on Twitter. Lisa, again, listen, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us some time. Of course. Thank you, guys. God bless. You too. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Folks, that was the one and only, the extremely perky and extremely uh, excited uh, Miss Arizona 2009. I know, like you said, Joe, I mean, the thing that I find fascinating about Patterson Town, I know you're thinking, wow, you know, we're here we are talking about this, but I find it fascinating because, you know, that there's nobody can ever take that away from you. It's like, I mean, I'm not going to compare this to being president or anything like that, but, you know, George W. Bush is no longer president. He'll always be the president. You know, when Barack Obama's out of office, he'll always be the president. You call coaches, hey, you know, coach this, coach that. Um, no matter if they're coaching or not. I mean, people still refer to Bill Cowher as Coach Cowher. So you know what, you're right. I mean, she was Miss Arizona. It's, it's an honor, I'm sure, uh, obviously, in mean, a privilege for her and her family. So, you know, there you go, Miss Arizona 2009, Alicia Blanco. You can follow her on Twitter. It's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's at Alicia M. Blanco uh, at Twitter. So you could, uh, you know, do the... The goodness on that. Joe, today is definitely, uh, you know, you talked about polar opposites and you talked about extremes and things like that. And this show is definitely uh, one of those shows where we're doing uh, opposites and extremes. Um, you know, we're we're going to be joined by, uh, we have a, actually a couple of guests that are going to be joining us uh, this evening. So, you know, let, let's, uh, we're going to be moving on to that in a minute. But, sir, I just... I thought that Alicia's attitude was such a positive one, and it's so great for women to have uh, role models because, like I said, you know, these women, most women don't look like that. You know, she talked about letting herself go, seriously letting herself go. That uh, Most women would, you know, quote-unquote, not kill, but they would, you know, the expression, they would kill to look like that. So it, it's it's fascinating to me as a man um, how women have to deal with these, these issues that, you know, you and I don't really deal with that. We don't really, you know, nobody's bragging on us about being overweight or, you know, getting five or ten pounds, you know? Yeah, I understand. And um, I really thought that when I asked her about the, you know, what's the best and worst thing about being a celebrity, I thought that, you know, she would really say that the people that they hate on you would be like, would take a, a, a toll on you. But she was very positive. She understood that are they are haters out there. And that, you know, she, she goes with it in stride. And like I said, she's got a good head on her shoulders. I was going to mention to her that I was drinking Arizona iced tea, but I thought that was a little bit over the top. Yeah, just a little bit. That's one of my favorite drinks, by the way. I had one today, mango. It's amazing. Now, folks, um, I mentioned this earlier. You know, we're gonna we're gonna shift gears here. Um, you know, we're gonna we actually have our, our guest who's uh, waiting on the line for us, and I know that here we are. We're, we're kind of goofing around a bit, but you know, we're gonna get into an extremely serious topic. So we definitely have to pull the PG reins back a little bit. You know, we're honored and we're privileged to have joining us now as we shift gears into uh, this whole, uh, unfortunately, the scandal that's been rocking the nation for the past couple of weeks. Uh, we have uh, Carissa Maxwell, who's, who's going to be on with us, and she was actually on the Boomer and Carton morning show, uh, I believe it was last week, and, uh, you know, she, as a Penn State student, she's in her junior year. We're going to get into her, uh, get into that whole thing with her. Carissa, uh, David, and Joe here in Pure Gold, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. Thank you for having me. We uh, we appreciate you you know giving us a few minutes of course all, all things considered uh, you know let's get right down to this um, I know that you told me this off the air but it's something that I thought the fans might find a little interesting how did you get hooked up with WFAN to do the whole interview on the morning show how how did that whole thing come about um, well there's a Penn State alumni who is uh, I'm I'm friends with and he is good friends with one of the account executives of the fan. 
So he put him in contact with me, and he had called me and so that they um, were following me on Twitter, and they were following my coverage of the riots and thought I would have really good insight to come on the show. Um, so they set it up, and and they initiated the entire thing. So <laughs> I didn't ask to be on air or anything. Um, so I, I definitely uh, got kind of set up for that interview. But um, Yeah, you know, you know I, it, it's – sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, continue. <laughs> no, no, I was just saying that, uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate, and, and that, that seems to be the case that you, you were set up. But uh, how did you feel? I mean, I listened to it after the fact. My partner, Joe, actually told me. He said, hey, um, Karin is ripping this girl up uh, uh, Penn State. And I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, I stopped listening to the morning show a while back because I don't like Craig Carton's style. Uh, I like Boomer. I think Boomer's great, but I don't like Carton's style. And, uh you know, he, he mentioned it to me, so I, I had no interest in it. But then I was like, you know, let me just listen to this and see what happened, what it was, you know, is he making a big deal about nothing? Because it was on the fan and it was mentioned. When I actually heard it, I felt so horrible for you that I stopped listening to the interview, uh, more or less towards the end, but I couldn't listen to it anymore. So how did you feel when you kept getting interrupted by Craig um, on your views and everything? And basically, I mean, he called you stupid. He called your parents stupid. I mean, how did how did you react to that, and, and what did your your family say about all that well as the interview was happening um i was trying not to laugh because it was just so ridiculous and so unprofessional and i just found it really ironic that he was telling me that i'm never going to get a job in broadcasting when i thought he was embarrassing himself (laughs) um right right so during it it was it was kind of funny um but afterwards of course, my parents were really upset, and it was completely unnecessary for him to bring my family into it, um, and they had contacted me, and a lot of people heard it, so I'm, I'm from New York, so that's a station that a lot of people I went to high school with and friends of the family, they listen to it on a morning, um, every morning, so uh, a lot right. of people heard it, it was it was kind of hard, but now I look at it as a learning experience, I kind of went into it knowing, knowing that Greg Carton was kind of a jerk, but... Um, you know, I, I appreciated the fact. Yeah. I know. I, I appreciated the fact that they had reached out to me to get my insight, and I thought that they would respect that, and uh, they wanted my opinion, so I was ready to give it to them. But they weren't ready to hear it, and you know, it, there's no point in arguing with people that aren't ready to listen. And that that's the one thing that a lot of people have said to me that they um, they were really impressed with my composure. But you know, there was no point in me arguing or backlashing because it wouldn't have solved anything. So. It was definitely a learning experience, and I, I can't say that I regret it because I uh, I get to do an interview with you guys, so <laughs> good came out of it. <laughs> of course, of course. It's it's Joe here, the uh, Dave's co-host. I just wanted to know um, if if when I watched it, I was listening to it live actually, and um, I was I was shocked too that Craig took that approach on the air, um, and you could just you could see that Boomer was pretty quiet about the whole situation, so. He, you know, he felt kind of embarrassed himself. Did did Craig, by chance, call you um, after the show was over to apologize or anything? No, I have yet to hear from him. Um, the producer of the show called me, and he uh, apologized for Craig, which obviously is not the same. But, of um, you know, <clears throat> I haven't heard from Craig, and honestly, I I don't need to. I don't I don't seek his approval. Um, right. His words had no impact on on what I want to do with my life, and um, you know I, I really could care less about his opinion because he cared less about mine. So, right. uh, you know, I know a lot of people wrote letters to him, and they tried contacting him, saying that they were very disappointed with the way he handled the interview. And I really appreciate that, but you know, I'm not going to let one person bring me down. That's <laughs> I think that's one thing I've learned from this entire situation that you can't let the act of one person define the whole. So, um, you know, I'm, I've I moved on from it. I think I'm a better person for it. It it definitely didn't surprise me or Dave that, you know, Conch acted so unprofessionally. But why do you feel he acted that way? I know it's it's tough to put yourself into a, a different, I know somebody else's shoes, but why do you think he acted that way on the air? Well, you know, when you look at that type of, of radio program, that's shock radio. They, they do it for ratings. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of programs out there like that. And with a topic like this, it's so controversial and, Everybody's speculating off of the grand jury report. That's the only thing that we have that is hard fact. And even that, you know, there's there's so much that can come from it. So everybody's speculating. Everybody's making their opinions. And the problem is, and I, I was explaining this to David earlier, that to everybody else in the country, this is a news story. 
So everybody could sit there and they could put in their two cents and they can try and analyze it. But to us, this is this is affecting my life. This is impacting my, my home here in State College and the people that I love and I care for. And, and this is this is going to affect my life at the end of the day, whereas, you know, the next major headline is going to come on, everybody else is going to move on. So my opinion is going to differ from everybody else. But I think with Craig Carton, you know, he was so quick to jump to what his opinion was and his opinion being right that he he was not being considerate of the people that are actually being affected by this. And, and the focus should be on the victims. The focus should be on Sandusky. And, and of course, you know, people, not to not to try and get sympathy at all, but people are completely forgetting that we're students in the midst of this and we're trying to go to class and we're trying to live our lives and get an education and we have to fight media cameras to even, you know, get across campus. So I, right. I think that, um, you know, and I can't expect people to understand that. So that's why I wasn't really that offended because, and I said it on air and I, he clearly attacked me for it, but unless you're here, you really don't understand what's going on and, and, you shouldn't because you're not here. So, you know, it, it, there's right. many there's many reasons he could have acted that way. But like I said, it, it unless somebody's willing to hear, there's no point in arguing with them. Right, um, and you know the whole reason that we wanted to wanted you and the reason that I uh, reached out to you was because you are there, so you do uh, have a pulse of what's going on. And, and I've I've heard. You know, I mentioned this to you off the air, but I, I've heard, listened to Mike Francesa, listened to Chris Russo over the years. They always talked about Joe Paterno, and they always talked about the whole, you know, Penn State way and the Penn State way, and I was always fascinated by it. And I was always fascinated by um, the way that Paterno was perceived by the media, you know, outside of, of uh, Pennsylvania, of State College. Um, and obviously that's why we wanted to, uh, we wanted to uh, you know, reach out to you and, and, and to get you on the, on the show, obviously, because, you know, with, with all the information and everything coming out, you mentioned the grand jury report. Um is there – what's your take on this whole thing? As a student, um, you know, going through it, you mentioned the grand jury report and everything else, and we don't know 100% what's going on, but there's such a negative backlash towards Joe Paterno, almost as if Joe Paterno was Jerry Sandusky, which is the impression that I get. Um, what, what's your take on the whole thing as far as what you've seen and what you know with the information that you've come across? Well, there's just little things that really bother us. Like, for example, today I'm watching ESPN, and, of course, this is a major story, and up behind the uh, reporter they had the picture that says Penn State scandal, and it was a picture of Mike McQuarrie, Joe Paterno, and Graham Spanier. Where is Jerry Sandusky? And that, that little things like that that bother me because yeah, I saw the focus that. I saw that. is completely on the wrong person. And, and my take with Joe Paterno is, I think a lot of people are, are taking our anger towards him being fired out of context. Nobody is supporting him being a pedophile enabler. People saying that we attend pedophile state university and that, you know, we support child abuse is absolutely absurd and ridiculous. But people are right. that quick to jump to that conclusion. So my argument with Joe Paterno, which I, I was trying to get across on air, is that, like I said before, Everything is being based off speculation to whether could he have done more, should he have done more. And I challenge people to really think, based on what we know from the grand jury report, how would you react in that situation? Nobody really knows. And the fact that people are completely dismissing everything that Joe Paterno has done for the university and judging his entire character off of this one act that people are speculating, that's what bothers me because – Honestly, Penn State would not be the university it is today as far as um, the prestige of the education. And, and, you know, last year we were ranked by the Wall Street Journal as the number one college for recruiting. We have this, this reputation, obviously, prior to the scandal. And, and it's because of Joe Paterno, because he turned this small agricultural college in the middle of Pennsylvania into the second largest campus in the country with one of the wow. top engineering programs, top communication program, one of the top research facilities, and it's because of him. And people think we're naive to say that, but it's so true because he has raised so much money. He he is the person who created the idea of the grand experiment where education and academics come before athletics. And he's one of the very few coaches to actually practice that and believe that, and he's so strict with following those rules. So I know when I was applying to school, I wanted to go to a university where they were founded on tradition 
and they were founded on their education, and they had a great reputation, and it was something that I could, um, you know, aspire to, to form my morals based on the school's morals. So Joe Paterno played a huge part in that because he was just always, he was the hero for all of us, and he was somebody we looked up to and, and we wanted to be like. We wanted to be that philanthropist and that charitable person. So when this scandal broke out, everything we had known about our university, everything that we thought of Joe Paterno, everything that our culture here in Happy Valley was based off of was shattered within 72 hours. And yet people are questioning why we're upset. And that's it's one thing that it just really it, it bothers me because, you know, everybody put him up so high on a pedestal and then as soon as he fell down, the students are to blame when everybody felt that way. Everybody was praising him for his 409 wins and for everything else he did. And and now people are, are so quick to not understand why, why we're actually upset about it. With such a heated topic, uh, has, there any been, has there been any backlash when you go out uh, to the public as a Penn State University student? Yeah, there's um, I, there's definitely rumors flying around, which, as we know, this entire scandal is pretty much based off rumors, so who knows what to believe at this point. But I've heard um, students getting their uh, internships revoked and their, their jobs revoked because they're Penn State students, which is absolutely ridiculous. We had nothing to do with this. This happened 11 years ago. Like, you know, and the fact that we have to take the heat is very unfair, but... Aside from that, um, uh, what else? There, it's just there's just so much. It, it it's very overwhelming. Um, I I I feel like every day I wake up trying to <laughs> thinking I'm going to wake up and it's just going to be a nightmare, and it just keeps getting worse. Um, I I really way. hope. Yeah, I just I just really hope that people just open their eyes and and yes this is the worst thing that could have happened ever and i just really hope that people open their eyes and realize that the reputation of the university the student body the the people that make up penn state can't be defined by the actions of a select few and i i think that's just what's just we're trying to stress so much and it's just so hard because people don't want to listen uh, Carissa, tell us what it's been like, you know, since the scandal broke at PSU. Um, well, I I do this thing called Paternoville, which um, it was established in 2005, and we camp out for all the home games outside mm-hmm. Beaver Stadium for a week long. Um, when this broke out, obviously that was a focal point for the media to come and interview students because we are camping out in Paternoville, right next to the Paterno statue, and uh you know, they, everybody's coming there and they're questioning what they thought we were camping out for um, to to see Joe Paterno's last game. Like, some people just did not do their research. So there was that. So then because Paternoville was always on the air, uh, the officers of Paternoville are getting death threats in emails saying they're going to come and oh, wow. burn us down because we're supporting a pedophile annealer, which is totally ridiculous because we camp out to support the team and to get front row seats. Um you know, and then we're walking to class, and, and the, the ongoing joke, we have to make light of the situation in some way because it's if we don't, if we can't find something to laugh about, there's no way any of us are going to pass our classes because it is just so distracting. So the, the joke on campus right now is that, you know, you, you got to get up and do your hair and makeup every morning because you never know if you're going to get interviews. <laughs> mm. I, I mean, walking to class this morning, um, even though there wasn't any major headlines, there's still six or seven news outlets uh, set up right outside Old Main. we got to walk through that. And um, One of my classes this morning was being filmed by Fox News, and it's it's just an invasion. We Happy Valley used to be a bubble. We were completely excluded from the outside world. The only time Penn State was ever mentioned in the media is if we won another football game or if our scientists discovered something crazy or it, it was always good things but we were never really in the media so now this perfect little bubble this bubble of innocence has been popped and none of us know how to handle it and i just think the weirdest thing is realizing that people know who we are now and that we're not just this perfect little school off in you know the middle of pennsylvania started by cornfields that it's actually a university that makes has problems and 
it's just it's very very weird for all of us to grasp. Yeah, you know the the sad thing is, and Joe and I were talking about this the other day when the whole thing kind of uh, broke or when we first started hearing about it. I mean, I, I heard an interview today Mike Francis had with somebody who I forget the guy's name, but uh, he used to be a uh, grad assistant over at Penn State uh, back in the '80s, and you know he mentioned the whole dynamic between uh, Sandusky and, and Paterno from his perspective. But the sad thing about this whole thing is, you know, if this had happened in some small school, I mean, who knows if this would, this wouldn't even be a story. And I know you mentioned to me how it's not um, a sports story. Unfortunately, it's going to be sports-related because it's in the realm of sports. You have one of the greatest coaches in the history of sports, and you have this guy who was supposed to be the heir apparent and everything else going on. What baffles me to this day, which I, I still don't understand, even with all the information that's come out, because, you know, we're all, again, we're all speculating, but why did this all of a sudden break, you know, the first week in November, bam, here it comes, and now this whole thing is shattered, Whereas, you know, we were thinking, man, Penn State is having a great year. They only had, I think they only had one loss, blah, blah, blah. You know, Paterno is going to, you know, go for the all-time record and this and that. Then when it broke, you heard this whole thing that Joe is might be forced to re- retire. He's going to resign. They're going to fire him. You know, I thought, this is just my opinion. I know Joe does not agree with me on this. I thought it would have been good to maintain some semblance of uh, – of, uh, you know, normalcy, I guess, to have Joe just kind of be a figurehead, finish out the year, and then retire. But let it be known, Joe is retiring at the end of the year. This is the decision that the university and Mr. Paterno have come to, you know, blah, 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 because nothing had been proved. Then he said he didn't want to retire. Then the university ended up firing him, so it's kind of like this whole big mess. And I know that uh, football is obviously not as important as the victims and everything, but those kids who are on the team are, unfortunately, they're also – in a way, victims. You know, they're the, you guys are victims as students. It's not to the same degree, but still, there's so many victims due to what happened by one guy. Now here we are. I mean, uh, you know, how how do you? You mentioned joking and stuff, but how do you deal with all that? Being in the middle of it. I mean, being you know, you're a junior. You're going to graduate next year. You're going into journalism. How do you deal with all that? It's really hard, and I think being a journalism major makes it even harder because. You know, uh, we're sitting here and we're being completely invaded by the media. And honestly, after this week, I just hate all reporters because it's just, it's so annoying. I'm just trying to go to class. I'm just trying to go hang out with my friends. I'm not, I'm not trying to be in another interview. Um, and I feel so bad for the team because, like you said, and I, I'm not trying to, uh, obviously, the victims of these heinous acts come first. And we've done so much to try and, and help them in any way we can. Um, you know, we helped Candlelight Visual, which was absolutely beautiful. LeVar Arrington came and spoke, and he was just had such a moving moving speech. And, um, you know, the blue out at the game was awesome. And we've, we've done so many things, but the media is not showing that. And that's what bothers us because, like you said, the, medium, the media is turning it around and making us the, the victims, but in a negative way. And they're saying that, you know, we're being reckless and we're rioting and we're doing all this. Well, I was at the riot. I didn't partake in it, but I was there. And out of the thousands and thousands and thousands of students that were there, there was literally only a handful that were acting destructive. And it was probably because they just left the bars. Or they were freshmen right. who didn't really understand why we were there and they just wanted to do something crazy. So... But, you know, being here, we have a completely different perspective. And then when we see it being portrayed on TV, it's so frustrating. And <clears throat> definitely getting sick from <laughs> being outside all weekend. But uh, I, with the game, you know, obviously we all love Joe Turdo. And, and him leaving, right. it was it was shocking. And we would have loved to see him play his last game against Nebraska. That would have just made things a lot better for us. But – I must say, the university, considering we have such a good public relations and journalism department, our crisis management PR is awful, absolutely awful. The decisions <laughs> that this university made boggle me. First of all, the statement put out by our president on Monday, Graham Spanier, was uh, it goes down in history as legendary, as the worst statement ever put out by a university president. It was embarrassing. I could not help but laugh at it. How can you put your unconditional support and trust into these two men who are being charged with perjury? That's a contradiction. They're being charged with lying, and you're putting your unconditional support behind them. So that, first of all, was just ridiculous. And from that moment on, we all knew Spanier had to go. So then the Board of Trustees knows that 
they're very well aware that Penn State students, we are a very, very, very passionate group of people. When we do something, we do it big. When we held that visual, it wasn't just 1,000 kids. It wasn't 2,000 kids. It was, it was over 15,000 kids that came on Old Main Lawn. When we have a football game, we go all out. They know this. So for them to, <laughs> knowing that we were not happy about Joe Paterno leaving as it was after he announced his retirement, for them to hold a press conference at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday night to announce that Joe Paterno was being fired, they should have known that something was going to happen. They, if they didn't right. know, they're stupid and they don't deserve to be running a university because they knew very, very well that people were going to backlash. And it wasn't just students backlashing, and I, I know this because I was there, it wasn't just students right. backlashing because they fired Joe Paterno. It was the way they went about it and how Tim Curley, to this day, is still employed by the university, and he's still getting a paycheck, and the university is paying for his legal fees, and he was the one charged, whereas Joe Paterno was not charged with anything, and even the district right, attorney right. said that they're not even looking at Joe Paterno, and he gets fired yeah. right on the spot. So yeah, you know what it is? It's, it's like I mentioned to you. It's the whole idea of knocking Zeus off of his perch. It's the whole idea of here's this guy who's bigger than the, than the sport, who's bigger than the school, who's bigger than everything. This is like I, Joe and I talked about this the other day, almost like in a sense, and I, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but kind of like the mafia boss over this town from everything you hear, like he kind of runs it. So that's why they went after the big guy, even though technically he's not because he's not the president of the university. You know, he has people that he supposedly answers to. So, you know, your your whole your whole take on the situation is interesting because, like I said, you're there, you're in the midst of it. You know, we're looking from the outside looking in, and everybody's pointing the finger at Joe Paterno because he is the big name. But there's so many other people. It seems that, like, Mike McQuarrie is, is going to be testifying or whatever the case is because he's still there, and he's on administrative leave, and he's getting paid. And it just seems like a whole big fiasco. And you mentioned the, the idea that, um, you know, that they the bad statement put up by Spanier. Well, I think – it's proven to you and everybody else in America that these guys shouldn't be running the university because look at the 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 mess that that they had on their hands and now it it, it just seems to be getting worse. But uh, you know, Carissa, we 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 definitely appreciate you uh, just coming on, you know, giving us some time and really you know getting your take out there because I was I for one was really interested in hearing what you had to say since I never got to hear it on the fan. <laughs> well, thanks, <laughs> appreciate it. No problem. Listen, again, you know, hopefully we can have you on again in the future, maybe, you know, on something more positive. I know you're studying journalism and you have your own show that you mentioned. Oh, tell us a little bit about that before you before we let you go, your the show that you do on uh, Monday night. Yeah, um, I have a show Monday night called The Sports Buzz, and it's aired on Com Radio at 10 o'clock. Com Radio is our campus um, radio station. It's online, and it's also shown on the local television station here on campus. So uh, we talk everything from Penn State sports to professional sports. We also throw in some news stories. Of course, uh, this Monday's edition, we, we avoided anything having to do with Penn State scandals, because I think we're all pretty sick of talking about it at this point. But usually it's a very upbeat, fun show. Um, so if you're not doing anything Monday at 10 o'clock, tune in at uh, psucomradio.com. You can hear the sports buzz. Yeah, normally Joe and I are watching uh, Monday Night Raw at that time, but it's been so bad lately that maybe we will uh, we will spend some time and check you out. But again, Carissa, you know we really appreciate you coming on, and and uh, much success to you in the future and everything else. And hopefully you'll you'll get into journalism, you'll get into radio, you'll do you'll do all that stuff, and you'll be able to you know stick it to the man, as it were, by being successful when uh, you know somebody tries to knock you down. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, thank you. Take care, folks. That was Carissa Maxwell, student, uh, junior at uh, Penn State University, who's given us her take on the whole uh, Joe Paterno uh, situation. I know that we have some uh, some callers who've been waiting uh, on the line for quite a while, so we'd like to get them on the air before we close out the show. We have uh, Jimmy calling in from Butler. Jimmy, how are you doing, sir? How you doing, guys? Hey, Jimmy. Doing good, doing good. Uh, now, Jimmy, it's my understanding that uh, you have a son who goes to to Penn State now. As a parent, can you give us your uh, your take on this whole situation and you know the fact that your your son is there right now? Yeah, he's uh, he's there. He's a freshman. Um, you know, he really uh, you know he went to the school you know to get a great education. You know, and you know you know I have coworkers that I work with. I have friends that had went to Penn State, and uh, you know they love it up there. It's a great school. You get a great education. 
But, uh, you know, being a parent and having a kid, you know, with the scandal that just happened, you know, I have, a, you know, I coach football, you know, junior football. Uh, I'm also a baseball coach. And, you know, you have a lot of the parents, a lot of the coaches, hey, what's going on? You know, what's your son think about the scandal up there? Um, right. You know, my, you know, at, at my job, you know, my coworkers, hey, what's going on? What's going on? You know, so even though I'm not there, you know, as a parent, you, you, you know, you're still involved with it because, you know, right. my son is there. And, um, you know, when I when it first came out, I'll tell you, I was, it was shocking. But, you know, I think that, you know, McGuire, you know, when he's seen this happen, you know, and I, and I know your last call, I think she's fantastic. You know, she really put an insight of what's, you know, really what's going on up there, how, how everybody feels. But I think right. the, uh, McGuire, I think he should have definitely, you know, when he sees something like that, you know, I think in, in in a man's point of view, you know, the first instinct that you would you probably beat the living daylights out of the guy, you know. Right, right. He's something like that, and then, you know, because come on, man, that's a pedophile. Plus, that's that's a child molester. You know, and, and you know, somebody witnessing something like that, you know, you just don't you just don't turn your back and and you know and tell somebody else. You know, the first instinct I know my instinct that I would. You know, like I said, I'll beat the, the you know the living daylights out of the guy, and then you know <laughs> right. when a guy's hurt, then pick up the phone, call the cops, and you put an end to the thing right there and then. You know, I think it, you yeah. know it went too long. It definitely, definitely went too long. Yeah. You know, and you can't have, you know, it was a it, it was a cover up, and and uh, you know you just you know something like that. You, you know, you just can't you just can't let it brew and brew and brew, and you know, like I said, you know, it, it was just. It was a big cover-up, man, and you know, thank God now that it's, it, it you know came out, and hopefully this guy, you know, he'll be behind bars for the rest of his life. Yeah, you could tell you're definitely talking like a, a great father because I was telling DG uh, in our production meeting earlier today that like as a father as well, if I saw something like that, I would you know really take action. I know that you can't really decide or you can't really assume that anybody that is a parent would take action because you don't know what you're going to do at that spur of the moment. But I know Jimmy, and I know Jimmy would definitely take action. The question I have for you, Jimmy, is that if this happened a year before your son went to Penn State University, would you have um, some trepidation in sending your son to Penn State University? No, no, I, don't, I wouldn't, uh, Joe, definitely not. You know, he, you know, he, um, he applied to a lot of schools. And, uh, you know, he wanted, you know, his big thing, he wanted to go to Penn State. And, right. you know, he he's majoring in, in uh, aerospace engineering. Um, but, you know, yeah, the question that you said, if it happened a year ago, no. I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I would leave it up to him. Because it's not the, you can't blame, you can't blame the students or the university. You know, you just have to, right. it's just that what happened you know, right then and there, you know, the whole, whoever knew about it, you know, whoever knew about it should have been let go right then and there. Right. But, you know. Agreed. But, you know, obviously, you know, they just let it, you know, they put the dirt under the carpet and, you know, oh, don't say nothing, don't say nothing, you know, whatever, whatever. But, you know, you, it, it just uh, it just went on too long. But, you know, even now, you know, I think about it and, it's still, it, it, don't get me wrong, it's still a, a great university, you know, no doubt about it. You know, um, matter of fact, my son's coming home uh, tomorrow for uh, Thanksgiving, uh, nice. you know, vacation, and I can't wait to see him, you know. But, you know, uh, like I said, to get back to your question, now, I wouldn't uh, hold him back, you know, if it happened a year ago or, you know, before he uh, applied to the school now. Not at all. I would let him yeah. know. You have Joe Paterno that got fired after he releases a statement that he's going to resign at the end of the season. And you got, you know, a couple of the president of the university got fired. But then McQuarrie is still uh, with the team on a leave of absence, a paid leave of absence. I mean, it's it's leaving me to assume that McQuarrie testified to somebody that, you know, Joe Paterno knew all about this and they threatened my life or they threatened my career 
And he made it seem like he was an innocent victim in all this as well, I think. I think that's the only reason why McCreary is still employed by Penn State, is that he probably told somebody that Joe Paterno threatened my life or he threatened my career. And then that's why Joe Paterno got fired, and we saw McCreary still on the staff. Yeah, but you want to know something, though? You witness something like that, there's no, there's no, you, 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 you know, you can't explain something like that, what you've seen years later. I mean, right. I mean, do you have a, do you have a conscience or something like that? You know what I'm saying? Does the yep. guy have a conscience? He should have been gone a long time ago. I mean, okay, they they're letting him go now, but yeah, he's he's still getting paid. He shouldn't even right. be getting paid for it. You know what they right. said? He's gone. He's gone. And um, you know, Joe Paterno. Yeah, you know, I understand. You know, like your last quote. Yeah, he did so much for that university. No doubt about it. And the way he got fired. Yeah, it's wrong the way he got fired. I'm su- I'm surprised they didn't text him. Hey, you're fired, you know. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean, if you're you know with something like that, you know, at least you know go over to guy's house or or uh, you know uh, you know bring him in. You just don't call somebody up and say you know you're fired. That's that's kind of low doing something like that. But you it, know, uh, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm sorry. The reason why I'm asking, yeah, the reason why I'm asking that, Jimmy, is because. I mean, the statement that he released says, um, in hindsight, or whatever he said, he said he wished he could have done more for the kids, almost uh, admitting somewhat guilt, you know, to the public. And I don't know if that was a wise move to to say, like, if I had, you know, looking back at it, I wish I had done more. That's the only reason why I bring up the whole fact that McQuarrie's still employed, but but Paterno isn't. Yeah, no, I understand. It, It is, I, you know, and like you said before. You know, it's like uh, like Joe Paterno's like the godfather up there, you know? Um, right. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he had a big responsibility, too. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, it should have been it should have been settled, you know, when it happened. You just can't. I mean, come on, man. You, you, little kids are involved like this. And, and that Sandusky, I mean, come on. You know, where, the, where he lives, right in his backyard, is an elementary school, for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah, I heard I mean, about that. I mean, yeah, I mean, come on, man. I mean, it's, you, you know, you, you just, something like that. You know, and I'll be honest with you, you know, and, you know, going up to Penn State and right before you get there, I think it's like um, maybe like six, seven miles right from the university. There's a state penitentiary. I hope, really, I really do. I hope that Sandusky, they, who, you know, the judge puts him right in that, keeps him in Pennsylvania, but puts him right in that state penitentiary six miles away. <laughs> and he, then he gets to the cell with a guy called Bubba. You know what I'm saying? And he'll find out yeah. what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, a guy know, named uh, Big Jimmy, who, uh, a guy named Big Jimmy, who's gonna lay the smackdown on him for doing these things. You know, I've I've heard you always hear stories about how in prison, uh, the guys may be whatever you know, whatever you want to call them, but the one thing that they never take kindly to is child molesters. That's always a big thing, and those guys sometimes they even put them in in solitary just to protect them because it it, it can be that bad. But uh, you know, it, we got to leave this one in the hands of the courts, and hopefully, uh, you know, Sandusky will never see the light of day again. I don't know how this whole mess got to the point that it is. The, the district attorney who originally started this case disappeared. I mean, maybe he was killed. Maybe the mafia. Who knows? But Jimmy, you know, we we just thank you so much for giving your take and and your whole. Uh, as a parent, it, it's great to to hear what you have to say. And you know, obviously, we, we appreciate you giving us time and uh, you know coming on and, and holding for so long. We had so many guests. I was like, we gotta get Jimmy on. We gotta get Jimmy from Butler on before before the night is over. Hey guys, I really I, I uh, appreciate you guys having me on the show. Really, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Hopefully, we'll you know we'll have you on again about something much more positive. <laughs> okay, guys, thanks a lot. Thanks, Jimmy. Right, take care. Okay. And from uh, Jimmy from Butler, we're gonna move on to another caller that we have here, uh, Mike, who's actually a student at Penn State. Mike, how are you doing, sir? Hey guys, how are you? Hey Mike, doing good, doing good. Mike, uh, we appreciate you giving us a call in. Uh, now you're uh, you're a freshman at uh, at uh, Penn State, if I, if I'm not mistaken. Now, can you tell us what it's like, Mike? How has this past week or two been for you as a student there? I mean, it must be it must be kind of overwhelming. I remember uh, I went to Seton Hall, and this is years ago, but the, my freshman year, we actually had a dorm fire that killed three students, and it was a whole big thing, and I remember that. Obviously, it's not the same thing, but I remember how devastated the campus was. Now, that is minuscule compared to this whole situation, but still, 
it was a big mess. Now, give us your take as a student. What has it been like on on the on the uh, grounds over there? Well, the uh, things have really calmed down uh, over the past week since uh, everything broke out in the riots. But uh, you can tell there's a lot of uh, angry students still on campus. You know, then take one more one more thing like the plane on getting fired to fire everybody up again. Um, I mean, it's it's really stressful. Um, I'm getting done probably hours of homework turned on the TV, and then there you go. The head story is still um, in the past state scandal, you know. Um, I'm just really disappointed on how the media is um, portraying this. You know, they're, like Carissa said, you know, they're not really focusing too heavily on Sandusky. You know, they're more concerned about with the popularity of Paterno and bringing right. his legacy down and everything yep. like that. Yep. I mean, I, I was watching no ESPN. And I was watching ESPN, and I remember um, they were actually doing like sort of a tribute to Sandusky, showing you know uh, how great of a coach he was, uh, talking about all the great linebackers he coached, and then you know just sort of forgetting about everything that he really did in 2002. It's it's amazing. Um, it's amazing this whole situation because you know Carissa mentioned the ESPN thing. You're mentioning the ESPN thing, and it does seem to be that the villain in this whole thing is Jerry. Uh, not, not um, it should be Jerry Sandusky, but instead it's Joe Paterno, and it's because of his legacy and who he is. And it's just a shame that this has all gone out. Now, obviously, as more information comes out, and eventually, you know, the, the, they're not going after him. But if it turns out that he was covering this up, which from an outsider's perspective and somebody who doesn't know, it does seem that way. But it seems like everybody was covering up something. They were covering up the Penn State brand, but we we don't know that. With a hundred percent certainty. Now you mentioned the riots. Uh, were you a part of that? I mean, were you there? Were you, were you, you know, going crazy, or were you just there on campus? Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about that whole scene. Well, uh, actually, I was. Uh, I just got out of the shower and I uh, turned on the news, and all of a sudden it was probably around ten thirty, which is about a uh, about a half hour after the um, you know the board of trustees came out and announced everything. And then uh, I get a couple text messages from my friends, and they're saying. You know, you got to come down and check all, all this out at, um, down on college and Beaver Ave. You know, people are going crazy. And I said, oh, man, I better go check this out. So then I, I, you know, I take a 10-minute walk down there, and both streets are completely crowded with people, and I've never seen anything like it. I mean, it was a scary moment. Now, uh, Mike, I mean, I asked this to our previous caller. If, if this had happened a year before, and you said that this has been like one big distraction for you to go to school at Penn State with what's going on, and it's hard to study and everything like that. Do you think you still would have went to Penn State? I, I definitely would have considered it, but I mean, all in all, I still would have probably chosen to go to Penn State. Um, I mean, my outing is with the media. I mean, they're they're definitely taking this and you know they're twisting it and they're saying, you know, you know what? Uh, just because, you know, all these people were involved and the students are a bunch of rapists too and all this, and, you know, everybody's getting blamed but the actual people who did it. And, you know, I would have definitely considered that. And, you know, Penn State is, you know, founded on great tradition. They still have one of the best engineering programs, which I'm uh, involved in. And, you know, right. I don't think that would have uh, diminished just because of uh, this whole situation. Right, right. You know, it's just, it's so unfortunate with everything going on that, like you said, you know, this is the focus where we're talking about the students, we're talking about, you know, all this stuff instead of talking about, you know, the guy who actually did it and hopefully he'll be, you know, locked up, throw away the key for as long as as he has breath on this earth. Unfortunately, he's not a young guy, so he can't spend a long, you know, he's not going to spend 100 years in prison. But, um, you know, Mike, is there is there anything else you'd like to, uh, to share with us as far as this whole experience? I mean, w w what has it... I say, what has it taught you uh, being a student there and just, you know, as a man? Like, what, what, what do you think you could take as a positive from this whole thing, if anything? Well, it, uh, it taught me a lot of things. I mean, number one, I mean, uh, given uh, the incident, um, number one, you got to report it right away. Um, this cover-up should have definitely uh, ended um, a long time ago. You shouldn't have uh, hit anything. I mean, because look at uh, how this whole thing unfolded. It uh, ended with uh, Joe Paterno, the Titan of Penn State, going down. Um, the removal of his name from the Big Ten Championship Trophy. Just a complete mess on how his legacy is tarnished. Um, I even had the chances uh, through some of my classes to uh, become friends with some of the football players. Um, and, you know, they even, before in the basketball game, they were extremely 
angry about this whole situation, about especially about how the media, you know, is focusing the attention on the football players who clearly were not even part of this organization uh, years ago, back in 2002. And, I mean, even some of them, you know, they were they were kind of anticipating getting a new coach anyway because, I mean, before the Nebraska game, they still had the chance to go to the Rose Bowl if they won out. Um, right. They were right. In the, they're still in the lead to uh, take the Big Ten. Um, I mean, Joe Paterno, this could be this ideal season if he stayed, you know, to resign after this year if this never came out. But um, right. now, I mean, you know, like I said, the coaches, I mean, uh, the players were uh, anticipating a new coach, but they even said after uh, they, Joe Paterno met with them and announced he was going to step down on Tuesday, you know, it brought everybody to tears. And then uh, the first day of practice, everybody was like, wow, I can't believe that. This is like the first practice he's gone. And it was just, you know, so emotional for them. And I guess they really still miss him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, I guess there's, there's no way for, again, there's no way for us to understand it. I mean, it's just something that you have this guy, this, this legacy that he's left, and unfortunately it's just a terrible one. And then you have this little negative legacy being left by this, this monster of a human being. But, you know, Mike, uh, obviously we wish you much success uh, in your career. Hopefully you'll be able to just, uh, you know, again, take all the positives and move on from this and just be, a, I guess, a, a better person for it, all things considered. And obviously, uh, you know, we appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule um, you know, to just just give us a few minutes. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. Thank you so thanks much. Thanks a lot. Same to you, sir. Folks, that was Mike, uh, freshman at Penn State University. Uh, folks, this has been a one-of-a-kind PG. We we started with the amazing Alicia Blanco sharing her pageant work and everything else, and, you know, we ended up going into this whole thing with, with Carissa, we thank her so much for joining us. We thank Alicia for taking time out of her schedule, of course, the celebrity that she is for joining us. And now Carissa is also a celebrity, uh, you know, being this whole debacle with WFN, but we're glad we had her on to share her opinion with us. We'd like to thank, of course, Jimmy, uh, you know, Big Jimmy over there in Butler. I used to live in uh, town next to Butler, so I'm a little familiar with that area. Maybe I ran into Jimmy over at the 7-Eleven or the deli or something, but uh appreciate him and, of course, Mike giving us this, their take. Joe, this has been uh, quite a show. We really ran the gamut of everything, and the least thing that we talked about today was sports, sir. What a shock. You're right, sir. I mean, the bottom line is we could talk about this controversy, this Penn State scandal, for hours if we want to, but we here at Pure Gold really do tell it like it is, and we do appreciate all the callers that called in and gave us their take tonight because it really enhanced the show tonight, I think. Of course. I mean, it, it always enhances the show to have callers on, and, uh, you know, uh, speaking of callers, I think that uh, – there's a lovely little girl, you know, calling my name right now. So we're gonna we're gonna have to end this show tonight, folks. Uh, make sure you tune in on Thursday. We're gonna have Justin Labar from WrestleZone.com. We're gonna talk about the Survivor Series. We're gonna talk about the the slop fest that we saw last night on Raw. Just didn't seem right to talk about any of that tonight. Um, and we had Alicia booked way before any of this Penn State thing broke out. So that you know, otherwise, uh, this wouldn't have even been a normal night for us to have a guest like her. But we appreciate again her giving us some time and folks. We thank you for listening, and hopefully you'll be able to tune in on Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a more abbreviated show than tonight. But for JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it PG. Good night, everyone.